This episode of Lucas Tigers and Browns is brought to you by PWCC. Head over to pwccmarketplace.com and register. It only takes a few minutes, and it's 100% free. There you'll find weekly auctions with thousands of items, all starting at $10, closing every Sunday at 7 p.m. Pacific time. You have to be registered to bid. They have the most transparent buyer's premium feature in the industry and extended bidding like no other auction house. Give it a try. You might find something you love. At VCon. Luca Nation, we're approaching episode 700, and we have a repeat guest. Someone that on previous episodes, I think he was with us in 2020, 2021, and now here it is, 2022, uh, the trilogy. And this is someone I think you're going to want to have on because, and you're going to want to learn from at your young age, what I learned from you is you've kind of been through cycles, man. You've been an entrepreneur for five years. Is that right? You started at 18? I've been an entrepreneur since he was a sperm. That's I, what he's going to tell you. I started my first company at 13. So I've been ah, in see? 10 years now. Yeah. So you've been through these ebbs and flows, these bull markets, when everything's going your way as a business person. And then, you know, it gets a little bit more difficult, right? Sure. You know, I really don't look at things that way because I'm so immersed in the content and in having fun. And, you know, I do what I love, especially I have, you know, on the basketball media side for so long. Uh, and the NBA has literally only been like this in terms of popularity. There has not been a, a real downturn in terms of, you know, fans, the quantity of fans of the NBA. And that has directly benefited pretty much everything I've done for the last you know decade or so. Um, but on the collectible side, absolutely. I've seen it up and down, you know, since I got in back in 2013, buying Giannis prisms and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I've, I've seen it. So welcome back to Lucas Tigers bronze cage. Quick math question. So oh. if you guys haven't seen this. Go Is this watch, like, uh, by the way, the old baseball card redemptions in order to do a redemption, there was a math question on the back for Canadians. Yes. This redemption gets you a Topps Chrome Kobe Refractor if you're able to answer it. So go, go listen to, to Buster's episode with T-Max. So, Cage. Yes. You know T-Max scored 13 points in 33 seconds, right? What is that? that, that that's around the age. A little bit older. Than is that young I, Buster? Than when I started, yeah. Is that an article? Yes, sir. You were in high school. Staples. Right, Staples is high school. Staples, Staples student. Yeah. So I went for the last three years of high school. Discuss fantasy basketball. All right, so give me a math question. I'm sorry, I just wanted to give Buster. How a many points would T Mac have finished in a game if he played 40 minutes? 41 minutes. Wait, 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 wait. Well, you you're assuming that he's going to score the same amount every minute that he did during the 13 yeah, point you barrage. To, you have to uh, add that your the question is how many points would he score in the game if he scored a so he scored 13 in how long? 33 seconds. Wow. That is amazing. And how many minutes are there in a game? It's so 48, right? I, my question, though, was based on the average minutes he played in the season, which was 41. Which is crazy in of itself. Now players play like 32. I mean, that's pretty nuts, right? 41 minutes per game. You got to break that to seconds, right? So you're going to be 2,460 seconds. Yeah, you're 40, pretty, pretty damn close. 41-minute game, yeah. so that's per second. So if you divide that by 33, I might have to round a little bit. It's about 74, 75 points. So 2460. So it's 20. He plays 2460 seconds, and he is going to score – so you, you got to divide that by 13. So that's 74, 75. And then you got to multiply that by 13. So 13 times like 70, uh, like he was got 975-ish points, something like that. Wow. Very good. <laughs> like that. No, I mean, think about it. He, 41 minutes, 60. You got to multiply to 60 seconds on 41 minutes. It's too, like almost 2,000. I thought you were on it until you said 75, and I was like, I don't know what this so 75 you, number is. That's if you divide. So I'll show you my brain, right? So 28 and change, you, you got to divide that by the 33 seconds, right? So it's you're dividing that by 33 seconds, then you're multiplying the 33 seconds by 13. So that was basically, that's like how many, how many periods of 13 points would he have in a game? 75. Hey, you got it. The I think the number I came out with. I, was the I actual get, answer. 
How much? Yeah. All right, 64? Yes, yeah, so I was damn close. Good. That's, that's because when I said I said 41 minutes to you, but the fact is uh, 40.8. Oh, well, I mean, decimals here, you know, I, 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 I did it 41 minutes. I think that that's the difference. So very well done. Nice. We try, you know, I mean, the math is there. I could have rounded a lot more, you know, 30 seconds would have given me a different number. It would have been quicker. For 33, I had to add an extra 10% onto the half. So. so that was phenomenal, by the way. Go back and listen. That was the craziest minute and a half I've ever. You did math, subtraction, division, multiplication, and you got to the right answer. I yeah. thought you were going to close, be close. Close. There's you know, some common sense in there too. Get around it a little bit. Well, that was an awesome 33 seconds, by the way. Only rivaled maybe by Reggie Miller, you know, scoring his nine points, right? Or you know, Reggie Miller doing his Spike Lee. I hate Reggie Miller. Let, let me yeah, ask you, Buster. Like, just, just <laughs> open it up. So. I would say, like, in today's market, some people think that, you know, car prices are going down, and they are. Some people see higher-end stuff selling for record prices, and they are. What do you make, like, from a from your perspective, what advice would you give to the hobby? What, what are you seeing in the market? Just, like, maybe very macro, and then we'll dig into a bunch of stuff. And I think Cage is going to do a box opening here uh, towards the end of the show, too. So... I want to open it up, kind of get your take on the market, then dig into maybe add some value to people, and then we'll have a, a little box opening to wrap it up. Yeah, look, I, it all depends on what you're in the hobby for. If you're in the hobby for collecting, this is the best thing that could have possibly happened because all of these PC cards for people that were traditionally out of reach are now accessible. And that hasn't been the case since early 2020, 2019, 2018, and going back even before that for certain players or that people PC, especially legends. So that's very exciting. And I'm super happy for all of those people, including myself. You know, I've been able to buy things recently that I wouldn't have bought because I had no intentions of selling it. And certain things you can't justify buying for yourself if you don't plan on selling it. But you know, it's down 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90%. And all of a sudden it looks real good. And that's true on the NFT side for me. And that's true on the physical card side for me. And that's true on the memorabilia side for me. Now, on the other side, for those that are in it for other reasons, it's the same thing being proven that we knew this whole time, which was the stuff that you don't see auctioned every day is the stuff that is worth a lot of money and will maintain its value in the market. Uh, no, no Honus Wagner T206 card has ever sold for a loss. A billion LeBron James Chrome rookies have sold for a loss. No Honus Wagner card has ever sold for a loss. No, one sold. One sold to break even. What T, T206? Yeah, yeah one sold to break even. You know who what broke even? You know who broke even? Wayne who? Gretzky. Wayne uh, Gretzky actually broke even on his. Well, that that. The only person ever, and he tells that story. He's like, I'm the only one who found the way to break even on this Honus Wagner. Yep. Um, you know, so it's cards <laughs> like that, Mantle, Ruth, you know, the best of the best of the Jordan and Charles. By the way, Charles. take a second here. Listen to what Buster's saying, right? I thought when he said, oh, it's the stuff that doesn't come up every single day that, um, you know, and Buster's, you know, he's 14 years old. I mean, I sure that picture that was last week, right? So, so you know, it, it's the craziness, right? I thought he was going to be like, so you got to buy the golds, you know, you got to buy prism golds, you know, out of 10 uh, of Larry Bird or, you know, that you don't see that auction all the time. You got to buy the kabooms, you know, you got to get to buy the one of ones of the modern cards, but he didn't say that. Right. And I thought that's where he was, I thought he was going to go, oh, you know, because that's what everybody's telling you to buy now. Those low pop, you know, super rare one of one golds or whatever the heck it is. He said, no, he's Babe Ruth, Mickey Mantle, you know, Honus Wagner. It's a different way of, of getting to the same point, which is don't sell the stuff that's coming out all the time. Here's what I'll say, too. And the, people aren't going to want to hear this, but it's my just, favorite thing. It's just the fact <laughs> of the matter. If you're buying low to mid end, you're just gambling. There's no fact of the matter about it. You're, if the market goes down, you will lose money. It does not matter who you invest in. You can invest in the best prospect and he can go drop 4,000 points like Tracy McGrady. And, you know, the card value will still go down and he can enter the Hall of Fame and it'll drop in value. It's bigger than that. But what you have to think about if you're really in it for investing, in my opinion, is think about purchasing it like you're purchasing a business. What value can this bring you? Can it give you dividends? Okay. How does a card give you dividends? Well, you can loan items to museums, for-profit museums that will pay three to 6% value per year on an item in a dividend. Well, in a, in they, they will pay you that amount to hold your card or item in their museum. 
That is only true for the greatest items in the world. That's only museum true. Museum quality items. That's exactly. And that's what a Honus Wagner is. That's what a Ruth is. That's what a Cobb is. That's what a uh, Michael Jordan one. Uh, that's what a Michael Jordan 2003 exquisite. It's what a LeBron James logo man is. Those, that's that upper echelon that I'm talking about where you're acquiring a real business where you can make money off of content from it. You can make money off of loaning or leasing it to a museum. Um, you know, that is something that is a much more legitimate purchase because it's bigger than just the market. Um, and people who don't collect cards and memorabilia know what it is. When you say Honus Wagner card, there are probably a few hundred million people in the world that would know what that is. Whereas, you know, the reports are that there are only a couple million collectors. Um, that's the sort of stuff that I think are, are the things that, you know, from an investment perspective are the only thing. There is nothing else. That's why I love else. having Buster on. I, I, I tell it's it's you like telling stories but what i say when you're buying a card is the less story you have to tell about it the better you put it down on a table and everybody knows who it is it's, it tells its own story honus yeah. wagner you don't have to tell the story of honus wagner it's there it's on the table and boom everyone knows what it is whether you collect cards or not you're probably gonna know what it is honus it's there, is it's on the table his dog ate half of it he put the rest <laughs> in a piece of plastic and loaned it out to a museum Honus is a unique one, but with Honus there, each individual card has its own story, like the one that was sold, that was given to a nun, or like the one that was owned by Gretzky, or the one that was owned by this actor, or that. That's the cool thing about the Wagners, but it's true, there there are other unique cards that tell great stories, but that doesn't, you got to be a, a fantastic, you know, storyteller to make, to create a market for that on top of it. Um, like, I, I'll give you an example. I saw this card that I, I took a video of and um, I, I posted it. It was um, my friend Nick's. He has a 2002 Topps Finest Refractor Redemption for the number one pick. LeBron. Number, and the, the redemption is numbered to 250. LeBron, mm -hmm. unredeemed. Yep. Unredeemed blank refractor, numbered to 250 from 2002. So LeBron was still in high school and graded a 9.5 it's the only one mm -hmm. the only one known. that card to me is fascinating from a storytelling perspective that you know it got the white suit refractor if you were to send it yeah. in i think number to 188 or whatever it is but when i looked at that i said oh that's the first nba card ever made of lebron james okay and not really that's <laughs> it's like an oddball exactly but it's it's that story that is more interesting to me than the actual white suit refractor. i mean it's interesting i mean you know by comparison when i was a kid 1992 upper deck the first shack card was the thing that said upper deck and it's got a shadow dunking on the wall that was the shack upper deck number one redemption oh, same, yeah, same yeah, premise right. you know what I mean? that, right that's the card yeah, yeah that's it i thought when i saw that i was like the story behind this card is better than any lebron card i've ever seen before the story is some idiot should have redeemed it and didn't or that it was pulled after the fact yeah. potentially maybe less of an idiot yes to be but fair that is like i mean the panini redemptions now are just like a piece of paper there is a little originality a that comes with that too looking a numbered refractor when was i mean a numbered refractor redemption when was the last time you saw a numbered redemption you're right you're right i don't want it to pull up the 92 Upper Deck Redemption. No, it's Cage not about shiny. He just one shiny card right I've now. Seen him, I've, seen him, I've, I've seen him done. You know, I've seen you know, it's just done. But that's numbered and it's refractor. I get it. You know, you want to make the, the story about it being LeBron and, you know. and But I, I can tell you, I know from a pop perspective that the unredeemed Shaq 1992 Upper Deck card number one is less pop than the redeemed ones are. But it doesn't sell for more money. Of course, and neither does this. But you just like that it's got a story to it. I, I think the story makes it better. I don't know, man. I think when you get into the storytelling, and I love how you do it, when you get into the storytelling, you, you are in a slippery slope, right? It's almost like creating a market for something, which is fine. You know, with price discovery, you have to create a market. You have to teach people about, you know, ticket stubs or, you know, other things that are out there. But, you know, when you you run into this whole like all right well there's only three of these well how do you know you know or there's probably only one of these how do you know you know i mean you, you, you people i'm not saying you 
but the, the storytellers take liberties sometimes you know i had to fly to dubai to get this one or yeah i mean come on so i, I mean yeah, i think you know it, it's sort of an unfortunate thing where it's like people and I, i've even i've i've been accused of pumping things that i don't even own uh, <laughs> you know that that's always the funniest thing like most of the stuff i share i don't own and i have no interest in buying like that right. lebron tractor i have no interest in buying it's a cool it. story but I have all the interest in telling that story because I think it adds to the collective of, you know, collectibles content that I'm making and, and that is out there. Because if, if anybody, if anybody is just stumbling on that, I'm not suggesting that anybody buys this thing. I'm just <laughs> suggesting that they think like, oh, like, literally my goal is that somebody's watching that and they're like, huh, that's all I want. I want that little, huh? That's all, all right. I want. I get it. And Listen, I get it. You know that that, but the the, you know, accusations of like the pumping stuff. I understand why somebody would say that, and I think the same thing when I see other people make certain content around things that I know that they collect or own. But oftentimes, people really just love it. Like you wouldn't say that to somebody who is showing off their own art, or you wouldn't say it to somebody who's showing off their like their worthless collection of things right. um, i mean listen buster i hear what you're saying i have friends who show off their pictures of their children all the time and some of their kids are hideous but to them hideous. they're gorgeous kids you know they're I mean, not even numbered and they're not numbered there's not like your kid's not a refractor you should have right. redeemed that you should have sent that should have sent that to tops <laughs> how is like telling a story about a modern car different than telling the story about mantle and how People put his cards in spokes and, you know, yeah, he dove into the Hudson River with Marilyn Monroe to catch his cards. It's not. Them. It's not. And and it's all the same. It's all part of the same thing. It's all part of the same. There's just the older, you know, it's like that time feels so far in the in the past. Yep. I Listen, remember 2002. Wagner, too. Wagner's the same. Wagner, you know, tell a story why it's rare. I mean, look, the fact of the matter is every modern, every vintage card was modern at one point. Sure. The mantle was modern when the Wagner was vintage. How crazy is that to think about? I remember the first price guide I picked up in the 80s said the Honus Wagner car was worth $75,000. I remember that. And Eddie Plank was worth fifty. There's no, been a lot of separation between is. the two. People just yeah. think planking is back when you say that. <laughs> it was a very good pitcher. It won a lot of games. Yeah, Rick, Rick Probstein showed me a, a catalog at one point. Uh, I think it was Christie's or... So, uh, one of the major auction houses where they were selling, this was pre-PSA, where they were selling Wagners and Mantles and their estimates were like in the single digit thousands. And houses. Yeah. I mean, yeah. but they, but but so that's a good part, Buster. And I'm glad you're on to tell it, right? So a couple things. Buster's been on three times. We have a moment to talk about his NFTs. We're going to talk about all kinds of fun stuff. But guys, Buster, some mistake it for low energy. And we've got people who are like, you know, lip readers who watch our show. They watch the Sasha one. They're like, oh, man, Cage is telling – he's low energy. Yeah, Cage is telling him what he doesn't want to hear. Look at the energy from Sasha. Buster's not low energy. He's from what the West Coast. What do you want? What Buster's bringing here is whether you realize it or not. Sasha. No, no, Sasha. But, but oh. <laughs> this, is, this is somebody who has what I'm going to consider wisdom beyond your years. You're looking at everything with a huge, super wide lens. I think it's what made you successful in your business. I think it's what continues to make you successful – it's you're not getting bogged down in the ups and the downs. We try to tell our listeners the same thing, right? So don't confuse this for for um, you know low energy. Confuse this for re realize what it is. It's somebody who's taking a long term view and sitting back and reading the tea leaves, checking out the signals, watching the ebbs and flows, and just like I mean, I'd love to know what you bought, what it was that was down forty or fifty percent for your collection. If you don't mind sharing, I've done the same thing in the last couple of weeks because some of the only so, problem is if I say it, people will think I'm pumping. You're pumping. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like as much as I want to tell you the things that I'm buying, I have no interest in selling it. And I'm also trying to buy more. All right. So, so forget it. Well, I, I did want to ask Buster. So <laughs> you, you, Buster moderated, I think it was two panels at VCon and I, I, four. Um, one was about specifically collecting with Jeremy Padauer, right? And Josh Luber. And Josh, what was – so I didn't make it down. We were working the booth. But, like, can you share some of the insights with our audience? Because I, I thought it was kind of cool to have even just the panel and how it was assembled. 
those guys are infinitely wiser than I, and I hope to be like them one day. Josh founded StockX, is now the head of uh, Zero Cool and, and, and the Fanatics collectibles side. Um, Jeremy Padauer, like, I mean, is, has been part of acquisitions in the last two years alone of, you know, $100 million plus brands like Squishmallows and Coco Melon has been involved in the Pokemon franchise and helped you know, bring it to where it is today. And Garib Shamus bought Comic-Con for $100,000 and is also to credit for Marvel's uh, revival because he was asked when the new president took over when they were in um, uh, bankruptcy difficulties, they were, they were having a uh, bad time. They, at the president, asked Garib how they should revive the brand and he said movies start with spider-man and uh that movie then went on to make about 400 million dollars and they were back on course one uh, movie revived them spider-man yeah the first spider-man movie was huge yeah. yeah yeah it was a big deal and now obviously you know they made you know probably more than 100 billion gross on movies um i don't know what the number is but a lot of money and uh so you know it's a lot of the same stuff you know we were talking about the ebbs and flows of the market. The video will be out for that at some point. Um, but Josh was talking about, you know, in his time at StockX, um, you know, just supply and demand type stuff and, uh, you know, how how much control the certain companies have in the market. They're, they're, my uh, rewording of their answers will be much worse than their actual <laughs> um so i definitely suggest people watch that when it comes out but i will say they're all genius and understand the market and understand that it's long term but also that it's a business and they know all all of all three of them how to capitalize on it one lesson i'll pass to you cage that i learned from jeremy is just to have he looks like he's having like infinite fun with everything he does so does buster now let Jeremy, me ask Buster. Jeremy's been having fun a lot longer than I have. <laughs> well, you'll you'll get there, and I think you know Jeremy. Look, Jeremy, I don't. I want to use lucky. But Jeremy is very smart. Jeremy was when 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 people were not doing it, he was basically cyber squatting. He was buying domain names and doing all that fun stuff, and then taking businesses. You name it. When people Jeremy were not was in like fights with Elon Musk buying domain. Yeah, yeah, Jeremy, way back then. Yeah, as yep. OG of a believer yep. as are. Yeah, yeah. He told that story on our show, Andrew, and so but and you. You were building, you were building, you know, Hoops Nation when you know everybody else was, you know, still wasting their bar mitzvah money on something else. You know what I mean? So you like, were uh, pretty much the only other types of pages on Facebook when I started were like dog pages. Yeah. So I mean, so, and so can I just real quick? Yeah. Dunk, you outlasted Dunk, and I know Dunk is your boy, but you should take a little pat on your back because I know you guys compete. Dunk used to be awesome, and Hoops Nation was awesome, and it was like a two horse race. And if my vote counts for anything, Hoops Nation has passed them. So, uh oh, well, I love tell, them. I love tell them what his tell him what his vote counts for, Buster. No, but point being, I, listen when you when you sell this podcast, when you finally let us out, I mean, we have a lot of people who have, are trying to buy it, Buster. Well, I'm not even sure you know that. But when Andrew finally says, "Okay, that was enough money. That offer was enough," I'm gonna have fun too. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be following Buster. We're going to go play basketball with the Knicks. <laughs> I'm going to be all over the place, man. But right now, I can't do that. Don't you know? judge if I don't know what, you know, the whole. You're right. Don't judge. I, I, I take it back. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm listening. No, no, no. <laughs> Dunk, dummy. Oh, dude. So here, I'm going to tell you, right, because you have wisdom well beyond your years. And, you know, you kind of see things before people do. Gary V has that. Jeremy has that. A lot of the guests we have on, you know, just you're able to kind of spot things before other people. Well, them. I learned it from those guys. So. <laughs> so and we're all trying to learn it from you and the people listening and watching are as well. It's why we bring you on. You have not run from NFTs. Right. And a lot of people have. A lot of people are saying this is no, and and I'd like to just right off the bat, you buy cards, you own cards. You're going to own cards that you never want to sell. You buy, um, you know, historical artifacts that you are going to keep for yourself. You want to own them, and at the same time, you have a collection that that pairs Abraham Lincoln and George Washington autographs with crypto and NFTs. That is going to blow people's minds because, you know, a lot of them think it's one or the other. And you're not an idiot. 
So tell me why. Tell me why NFTs are are not like the newest fad. They're not, you know, Beanie Babies and Pogs and whatever else, you know, people compare them to. Tell me what your thought is and why this is something you still are, you know, investing in. So first off, let's not rule out the possibility that I'm an idiot because that's <laughs> uh, definitely plausible. Um, but I do it because I enjoy it, right? I enjoy Abraham Lincoln and George Washington stuff. It makes me happy. I love the history. You know, like I'm sure I said when I first bought it, when I came on here, if, if I've been on since then, it's like, you know, the, the, my passion for it and from an investment standpoint, for me, you know, I just saw, I looked at like what I could get in cards for the same dollar amount. And then I looked at what I could get there and it, it just made a lot of sense on that side. So that, that was, you know, uh, that helped me sleep after purchasing some of that stuff. Um, and then, you know, on the NFT front, so many of my good friends have projects and are involved in the space. So I am surrounded by it and I had no choice the same way as on the, on the physical collectible side of certain stuff. And that's how I got into the presidential stuff. I just started hanging out with guys who were into that stuff. And I'll, I'll say this too, on the presidential side, you know, when we talked about buying businesses to me, you know, an Abraham Lincoln you know, document that has association to the Gettysburg War and was to, the document that I recently bought was the it was a military promotion. The document was started before the Gettysburg Address and signed and approved by Lincoln after the Gettysburg Address. That kind of stuff to me screams, OK, this is something that could be in a museum one day. Um, and uh, you know that that's what gets me excited about that. And then on, on the crypto and NFT side, it's the next iteration of collectibles. There's no no doubt in my mind. You know, sort of the benefits, and I'm trying to you know pave that way through you know my own project, um, as well as you know supporting those of my friends. And you know, I've, I'm just obsessed with the concept of utility. And I, I said this on stage even when when we were with Josh and Jeremy and um, those guys and Garib. Uh, you know, you buy a you buy a Michael Jordan jersey. You're not guaranteed access to meet Michael Jordan. You're guaranteed nothing except for the jersey that you bought, assuming that it's real. And you know, whereas Tom Brady releases an NFT that you get you know, a digital art collectible that was approved by Tom Brady, but oh, all of a sudden you get to go play catch with Tom Brady. You know? Does it bother you the, like the you know when words words have meaning right and like if you and I have a, we we think we have a word and we have different meanings for it it could be difficult to, to have communication so why I ask that is your NFT is different than you know a raccoon with sixty seven different colors and traits but we all group that into an NFT that Tom Brady I would consider that a digital you know collectible with an experience attached right it shouldn't be in the same bucket as you know a PFP. Same with yours. Like you're a you're a digital collectible that has real world utility attached. Oh, I appreciate the endorsement. I'm just kidding. Well, it's, uh, it's true versus like a, a PFP of a raccoon or a I snake. mean, look, there there's trash everywhere you look. There's trash on Instagram, there's trash in Facebook groups, there's trash everywhere that all of us collectors are. Um, and NFTs are definitely no exception to that. Um, you know, a lot of people are just trying to make a quick buck and are convincing and manipulative and get people to buy these projects and have fake followers and fake likes and have no intentions of providing long term value and just do it over and over again under anonymous names. It's why, you know, I say to anybody just getting into the space, only buy from doxed founders who have something to lose, because if I fail, it's on me and everybody knows it's on me and I'm willing to get up and say that it was on me. Um, whereas with an anonymous founder, they can't do that. They can disappear and go to Bali with the $3 million that they just raised on this mint of 60 different yeah. raccoons. Grifters. Right. So, so <laughs> what I say to everybody is only buy from docs founders who really have something to lose. It's my advice for everybody in the space and, you know, don't put in more than you want to lose because you're probably going to lose. It is, it is to an extent also gambling, just like investing in a startup, just like buying you know, non-museum quality items. Um, it's all a gamble, but we're having fun doing it. And we do it because we love it. But on the NFT side, you know, I, I think it's, it really is buying in a business. I, I think, you know, Board API Club is a great example of something that started out as, you know, if, if it never took off, it would have been another rug pull. Reason being, 
if they didn't have all that money, they wouldn't have been able to execute on the things that they did. So oftentimes you're just betting that they're going to get enough momentum to get enough capital to be able to do something cool and then execute on that. So a lot of rug pulls, rug pulls, people that did projects that didn't really work out, um, were could have been $1 million away from being the next Port Apes Alpha. You just Correct. don't know. And that's that's sort of fun to me. And I only buy projects that I like from Doc's founders, uh, with the exception of MFers, because I just thought it was funny and stupid. And I am an idiot on that one, certified. It's all good. It's cool. You have the little smoking, the keyboarding MFer. It's OK. Yeah, no it was, worries. It was 18,000. I didn't buy 18,000. I bought it around where it is now, but 18,000 to 2,000. So it happens. That's the space, though. It's what you're saying. It's price discovery. It's craziness. It's you know, it's, it's people course. are gambling and, and everyone that is an idiot. And anybody that tells I'm you, I'm gonna blow your mind. Is lying on the board apes, right? And other ones like the board apes, right? Board uh, apes. I see. I almost respond to every single one of them. I see so many messages, so many tweets from people who are like, "Here's my biggest loss. I I, I minted 150 board apes. I minted 200 board apes. I sold them all for under one ETH. I sold them all for blah blah blah." Guess what? You didn't miss out on this. If you would have held those, if everyone who writes that would have held those, board apes would not have become board apes. It's exactly what you're saying, right? The fact that they sold them and someone else bought them and someone else bought them and there was that churn and these people who bought 150 sold 99 to other people. One, celebrities were able to get in and probably buy one of yours that you would have been holding. But two, it's that ETH. It's that amount of money that was churning in the secondary market on that climb up that gave Yuga Labs the money to build it into what it is now. So it's it's funny. And the founders have acknowledged that too. They've credited specific individuals who had 30, 40, 50 that sold and said, we wouldn't have been able to get to where we are without those people selling. Yep. Um, so hoarding so you, is- You had flippers, investors, and collectors in that system at one point, and they all kind of worked together, right? Because the flippers were the one that churned a lot of the volume in the beginning. Yep. Yeah. You need people willing to sell over and over again. Yeah. I mean, and it's it's interesting stuff, man. But I like yours. We're gonna talk about yours for a second, guys. Everybody, go take a look at um, it's TBS, the Buster Show, Utility Mics. If you have Utility on OpenSea, it's probably the first one that's gonna pop up for you anyway. It's number one search result for Utility. So you type Utility, and you know, listen. When Andrew started talking about, hey, we have different definitions of things. This is where I thought he was gonna go. Um, you know, I thought he was gonna say, well, everybody's different definition of Utility. I like to, you know, put it down with bare bones. I'm getting something out of it. You know what I mean? That's the Utility, right? And what. What I like about Buster's is, even though he released it a little bit after hours, it's kind of what we were looking to do also, kind of a, a combination between the physical and the digital, right? You buy the NFT, we're going to send you something physical. We're going to do something in the physical world. It's not just everybody strap on your Oculus and go you know, hang out in a fancy Zoom. Credit to Chris Hodge and Josh. You guys invented. It's a fancy Zoom. I will give you credit for it, although I disagree. Um, So people who have cigars on their tigers get to come and have a cigar with me at the National. I'm doxed. Andrew's doxed. If somebody shows me I'm a tiger holder and sees me at, at you know in Atlantic City at the National, I can't say, oh no, 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 no. No cigar for you. No, you're getting a date. Let's go. We're gonna hang out. Let's go to boardwalk. Let's go to beach. You just don't know what's in the cigar. Yeah, no, that's Andrew's Summer cigar. It's very different. Very Summer different cigar. Andrew, cigar. You've gone a step further. You have, you know, these it's almost gift goatee. If I'm gonna make a comparison to something people in the NFT world might know, but everyone gets it, not just the gift codes. People who own your your utility mics get physical packages. I am proud owner of five utility mics. I got a package here. Right. I'm, I'm gonna open this up. I have no idea what's in this. One but is I've, associated yeah, with one, the Aaron Ravel's episode. So one day one, Darren Ravel comes to Cage's house, knocks. That'll be awesome. <laughs> one one thing that I'll say first too is you know. Shoot. Utility comes in all shapes and sizes, and I wanted to hit all of those. So that's why every holder gets early access to every podcast episode with guys like, you know, Tracy and Grady. I interviewed uh, Adam Sandler and Anthony Edwards yesterday, you know, so real fun people who, you know, get a. Adam Sandler and Anthony Edwards? For the new uh, The Hustle on Netflix. Together? The Hustle. Uh, separately, but it'll be a part of the same thing because I didn't get that much time with them. But... That would be, be an interesting episode. Yeah, and, and Kenny Smith and uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez because he was the co-star in the movie. Juancho! So, yeah. and guys, on the Discord, what Buster's saying is I, I get to listen to the Tracy McGrady episode before anybody else because I'm a microphone. Right. That's utility. Yeah. That's an example yeah. of utility. And then and then another example is, you know, through all the partners. So one, one thing I'll say about this specific package, so partnered with 
a few different people, one of which artist Blake Jameson. So everybody gets a Project 70, Project 2020 uh, card that he gave for all the holders. Stuff from my personal collection that I pick out and go to shows. Literally, when I go to shows now, I'm looking, I'm shopping for mic holders pretty much. That's pretty um, cool. You know, so that's sort of how I look at it too. For Buster, he'll not do a good job of tooting his own horn, so I'm going to do it. This is the second one I've gotten already for owning the utility mics. The first one was amazing. It had a, a watch ring in it that my son loves wearing. <laughs> it was like a watch ring, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And Australian coins and like, you know, cards. But went a step further with the second one, I had to fill out a questionnaire, which allowed you to remain anonymous if that's what you want to be, you know, just make sure you know where you're sending it to. And ask things like your size, your, which mine was larger than average. Um, in many ways, Andrew, get your mind out. Larger than uh, <laughs> so, 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 and like, who's your favorite team? Who's your, you know, like the Yankees, like the Raiders? I mean, like, ask like specific pointed questions, which is really cool because it shows that you're, you know, you're, you're, you don't want to just provide utility and say, here you go, here's the extras. Here, I bought these at a card show. I'm It'll dumping be very, my Ben Simmons very, cards. Very personalized. That's you know, you know, so and, and also, awesome. you know, to get people access, like. You know, one day I want to have a sneaker with Nike and guess who the first people will be when, you know, that when that day comes or, you know, whatever it is. Right. I just want, you know, to reward this, which is part of a project called The Buster Show, which is my podcast that I will do for the rest of my life. So listen, you know. I love it. And guys, you know, we have uh, just I'll take a second before I show these these things, these things off. It's what Andrew and I were doing with ours also. You know, we wanted to obviously copy some of the earlier ones that are out there. You know, We didn't know how many you could do, how you could release them, a million different ways. We just tried. And people have been really great buying these and supporting us and saying, hey, you guys have put out almost 700 episodes already plus whatnot you name it and you know this is like it's not it's like a like a patreon or you know you haven't asked for a dollar so people who were like all right it's 0.06 is 180 bucks 200 bucks gladly it's pennies per episode go right ahead you know we'd love it we, it's the best thing i bought we want to make sure you guys know we love you support you and, and, thank, and th thank goodness you you uh you got all yours your mics at point uh zero five <laughs> I'm smart, but I, I mean, listen. You came in and I said, "All right, this guy." Five now. Last I checked, he's yeah. It was like one. I mean, this these things are a hot commodity, man. And the yeah. new ones that get released now, they they they're not they're not sold anywhere near what I paid for them. So, <laughs> do you think floor price is a good testament for, or like is is that the metric? Like, or how often people sell? Like, what's the metric with NFTs? Right, that you. It, it depends on the project. If it's a ten thousand, if it's a ten thousand project, then yeah. But if it's like mine, where there are only sixty-five holders and nobody wants to sell, then obviously, you know, activity isn't as as good of a metric. I mean, listen, I love it. I, I it's it's like it's like um, I never get to like just buy random stuff. And I, I I try to do like gifts for myself. So this is a cool thing because it's like, all right, I'm gonna get a gift, and I don't know what the hell it is. It's like a little yeah. surprise, and, you know. And for people for people who own more 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 than one mics, their packages are uh, loaded. So. Boom. So yeah, and guys, so big thank you on ours, and big thank you on this one. Check it out. Check out the utility mics of Buster. And we're gonna I'm gonna start off here. These were just right on the top here. So he is trying to expose his folks here to obviously two different types of collectibles i got some coins here this looks like a 1960 penny from canada we got the queen on there a little maple leaf in the back there you go and we got a 1950 germany wow look at that it's a little yeah, smaller i don't even really remember what's in your package so this is nice. as fresh to you as it is to me that's cool with the little one on there and we got a 19 is it the 31 maybe 1931 u.s penny let's get the old one cent on the back is it a wheat cool. penny it may be. It doesn't say wheat penny Wait, on is it. it so. Does it have like a wheat sticks on the back? No. Uh, no. The back? It yeah, it's got the one cent sign. Okay. You know the one cent on it. Yep. I, it's funny you didn't know this because it's not in the thing. But I have a humongous penny collection. Really? No baloney. So no, 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 no. my oh, father, awesome. my, my father collected. I have like the books, the old U.S. Mint books, starting from from like. 18 and change all the way up. There's a couple missing because they were like some double die ones and some different mints from different like Denver yeah. and San Francisco that are a little rarer that he never got, I guess, when he collected them. But I have like books from the mint that you fill in with the penny. So we'll see yeah. if I need a 1931. I got it. Awesome. Now these, I know this autograph already. That's Blake Jameson signed the Project 2020 stuff. This is also personal to me because Project 2020 was one of the ones that ran up that I actually was able to capitalize on a little bit. <laughs> so that was fun. I was actually able to sell a couple that did not 
Oh, this is a good one too. So oh, I was upset. Mike Trout. I was upset that I, I I sold one of these. I, I got a little. This is well, the trout. I got it back. I got it back. So I sold a little trout. Blake Dude, James. That's that's a great one. It's such a good looking card. He crushed that. And what was cool about this? There a lot of lead up to this. This was the hundredth card, if I remember right. Oh, that they put in the project. They gave Blake the card number one hundred. Yeah, card number one hundred. That's right there numbered. It's the hundredth card. It was like the like the centennial card. By the way, guys, um, Buster's having more fun watching this reveal than I am. It's amazing. I love it. And this is this. I'm not gonna toot my own horn here, but this is why collectibles will always survive. You know, I don't know about NFTs. I still have plenty of them myself. But this is why. I mean, and I never own this one. And that's awesome. Look at that. Out of Ted Williams. Card. Little Ted that's Williams. Tough. That's a cool card. That Blake, does, sweet Blake, too. Does, Blake does a good job. He does a very good job with this. He's stuff. the man. He's also, I'll say this too, the nicest, most humble dude for how talented he is. If I was as talented as him, my, my ego would be roop. So. so two things from Blake. We got to meet him. Andrew found him like a late night thing in uh oh, at National. And we were hanging out oh, and they were showing the artwork up and um one of one of the guys who worked with him gave me an Aaron Judge signed like out of 10 um you know Blake Jamison piece for my son so he's got that in his collection never to be sold and second one of the best things that we got from Blake is a line that we use often Andrew you want to tell uh, Buster uh, what, yeah, what the yeah, line yeah, is yeah. what's the it's line? a good one it's a good one as you're like it's a as great you line. More business people come at you from all different directions established companies startups and you kind of want to help them all. Some of them you believe in the company. Some of them you believe in the people. So it's I either do it for free or for full price. Not at a discount. Like if I work, I'll do it for free or I'm doing it for full, full price. I love that. I love that quote. And I know what, he explained yeah. why. And it makes all the sense in the world. Check this out. Uh, this is classic. I know this from 1995. That's a Jason Kidd classic wearing his Cal Bears uniform. That's pretty sweet. Love it. This, I could probably sell this for a million dollars today. To Amber Heard. You got a little 21 Jump Street Johnny Depp pack of cards. There's gum in here. Does anybody want me to open that, this and eat the gum? Johnny Depp? Is that the original? 21 Jump Street is Johnny Depp. No way. Uh, That's Johnny Depp. 100%. Dude, what, what great timing. Yeah, perfect timing. 21 Jump Street is Johnny Depp. That's 100%. The world right now. That's it. A little stick of gum right there. That's awesome. Skybox. Open these boxes with my son. These are awesome. Everybody knows the Skybox. Inaugural edition of Skybox. And, you know, you recognize this from the Bleecker Street hat. Not that they took their inspiration from this at all, that Skybox hat that they have, because then Mark might run into some trouble. But we got a little Fleer Ultra Baseball Series 2, little 93. Uh, That's good stuff right guys. there. Oh, man, it's like a stack of cards here. I got a Kemba Walker. That's numbered, awesome. That's that, that I know is a numbered rookie. Panini Innovation out of 199. Check it out. It's like a, one of those, like, see-through kind of yeah, deals. That's awesome. Hard. I love those. That is sweet. We got a little Haunter Hollow. Nice. You probably don't know this, but Andrew, you're going to laugh. Why Why is this the best card in the bunch? It's Jared, Jared Allen. Jared he, Allen. He loves Jared Allen. My son loves Jared Allen. He loves no Jared way. Allen. Yeah, yeah. No, he has a Jared Allen jersey. I <laughs> should include a question on the next um, on the next package if somebody has kids and what they like because I want to incorporate that. This is sick. So you want to know what's funny is I need this in a PSA 10. I never owned this card. So no I started collecting a couple years after this, and I, I was able to trade for the 82 tops, Cal Ripken, but not the traded. And the traded was always more because it was by itself. This is pretty cool. I always How wanted one of these. I accidentally hit all of these points. Yeah, man. You did. You, 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 right. nailed, you so, nailed so you know it. kind of reminds me of – you remember Dollar Shave Club? They'd have, like, you subscribe for $15.99, and you'd get this, this stuff in the mail, right? Like this is kind of like a like a care package in the mail. You don't really know what you get, but honestly, if it's even half thought out like yours is, you're gonna hit. You're gonna make people happy because it's just the randomness. I remember this card from 1993 Upper Deck. I actually opened this card. So they what used to have Jordan? in. So this is Jordan Wilkins. This was like an additional card they put in Upper Deck in '93 because they had. I think it was '92 Upper Deck had a 15,000 point club set where everybody who had scored 15,000 points, but Wilkins and Jordan. Both cleared twenty thousand that year, so they made this card for those with the active players who passed twenty thousand. They were on the card together, so it's pretty, pretty cool. 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 Jordan and Wilkins, and I got a Justin Bieber hugging me on his card here. Edition Justin Bieber, first yeah, print right there. Little Justin Bieber by, from Panini by Panini, which is so crazy. There we go. And we're almost done here, folks. I don't want to lose you. I got, I got a Nick in his Hawks uniform. That's a PSA ten Cam Reddish. 
from select rookie right there. Hey, now I got a Zion rookie emergent. I got a 91 hoops, Jordan. This is nice stuff. I see Simon and Schuster on this. Let's see what we got here. Oh, nice. So I have a buster sketch of a utility mic. That is sweet. Like that with a little thank you signed by buster here, right? That's nice. And one last piece. I have a book plate president Jimmy Carter autograph. Pretty nice. That's a good one. You know, the funny thing about Jimmy Carter, probably the most impressive post-presidency in American history. Did more after being president than when he yep. was president. And yep. almost, almost got it right, the president who was who was in office when I was born. Almost no correct. Almost Ooh. correct. One or so, one after. So so he was elected when I was a couple of weeks old. So I was born in October of 76. So Gerald Ford was still president. But you know, a couple months in, Gerald, uh, uh, Carter started the you know, January of 77. So well, I was awesome. now, now we got a Carter in your collection. There we go. Yes. Presidents, baby. Yeah, I that, love this stuff. This is I cool stuff. It. That's, I mean, let, you know, and anybody who's out there on like NFT world, like, you know, this, this is not thousands of dollars, but it's, it's pretty nice. Right. And, and think about what I put in on this. Right. And I'm not saying investment wise, the whole deal, but I put in 0.05 times five quarter of an ETH and ETH was a little higher at the time, but we're talking about, you know, it's probably about a thousand dollars. Gas was crazy at the time, but let's just say a thousand bucks, 1200 bucks. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm Buster's doing this shit forever. I'm going to be dead. He's still going to be doing his podcast. So yeah, literally best investment ever. Well, you're going <laughs> to live to 150, but I will be doing this until then. <laughs> nice. I love it. All right, Andrew, what else you want to do? Because I think that's a ringing endorsement. No, I, I'm, I'm, the right thinking I'm thinking of president Carter. I'm like, is there going to be a little Wayne autograph in the next care package? <laughs> Nice. That's great. the real Mr. Carter. And then I, get I, I get it. I was going to go to eBay. I was hoping you guys would keep talking. And I wanted to see how much a little Wayne or Dwayne Carter would he send <laughs> little Wayne. Now I'm all confused. Anyway, I wanted to ask you one thing. <laughs> what you've done really well, and I guess what where we are, is you have – you build community. I think if there's one way – all this is all about community. You get you got to get to know the people that are buying the utility monks. What are they about? What's their demo? You know, like you got you engage know each other personally, but you get to know the community. You have Hoops Nation, you have Cards Nation, you have the Buster Show. They're all sort of kind of next to each other. Do they overlap? You know, like and how? Because you're building kind of like a conglomerate, you know, of of media accounts. And I'm curious how those communities, how you manage them, because it's a lot just in general to build one community. And now I feel like you have three or four. Yeah, it's a good question. I try to make everything overlap because it's, you know, they cross benefit each other. Like when I agreed to do the crew league, it was the most obvious right. thing in the world because I wanted to have more rappers on my podcast and right. basketball crossover. So it made sense for them too on that front. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, I was next to Jack Harlow and Drake and I was like, Oh, okay, this, this worked out. All right. And then it benefits, you know, everything I do and talk about, you know, on any front. Um, it legitimizes both myself to specific people that, you know, weren't privy or didn't care, or not that they should have, but, you know, it, it, it opens doors that weren't, you know, open prior. Um, everything does, right? Like when I do stuff with the NBA, when I do the broadcasting, you know, anything. But to answer your question, it is very much part of the thought. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, in terms of managing it, I, I have a team, fortunately, that does most things. I really... Like personally, I don't do anything pretty much. It's like some idea, you know, like people always say, um, he's being modest. People do not believe this. Uh, it's <laughs> like a, a day, a, a, an ideal day is one where you make very, very few decisions, but they have a great impact. Um, that's what I try to do. And the rest is just keeping myself physically and mentally conditioned. Um, so I work out once or twice a day um you know I spend every day every day's day. offsies i literally don't take people think that's a joke i don't know why i literally don't take a day off have, we don't look at this podcast and like i know <laughs> that's why i love you guys that you guys are crushing it for that reason but um the, the, the reason i don't take day, a day off is i'm worried that if i take a day off it'll lead to three well that, if that, i could be that, truthful you know it's funny because that's exactly why i started no days offsies 
you know, because if you don't allow yourself that excuse, all of a sudden, it's not a part of your mind. And it's not about not taking a day off. It's about not taking the day off that you want to take off, but you shouldn't take off. That's what no days off seems to be about. And it's applicable to anything and relationships, you know, family, sports, business, working out. That's what it is. And eventually I'll start the no days off season brand. And, you know, that'll be another like sector of what it all is. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, my, my goal is for everything to you know sort of cross over for my investments in like U-Ball and pop-up bagels. I just like bagels. Um, Darren Ravel and I invested in that together. It's, it's my favorite investment we've done together. Are they uh, that good? Dude, they're the best bagel. They won best bagel at Brooklyn's Bagel Fest, and they're not even from New York. Think about how crazy that is for a second. A, a New York bagel forum and panel voted a Connecticut bagel the best bagel at Brooklyn Bagel Fest. Cage, have you had them? No. No, Darren and I are not what you would call simpatico. Although Darren I would love to. Darren doesn't run Papa yeah. Bagels. He does. Dar I think about Darren way more than he thinks about me. I can guarantee you that. And not in a filthy way, Darren. Darren I'm a bad. fan of this guy. He knows what he's doing. Trust me. He knows what he's doing. Papa Bagels. I have never had one. I have had Vadim's Bagels, Bagel Master. Um, and they're, they're decent. Um, I'd be curious where Papa Bagels gets their water from. Because that is, I believe, what matters in any dough product. When, when did when Very did cool. you figure that out, Buster? The you you figured out what you do really well, and then you're like, "This is my core niche. This is my core stuff." And then I just need to get my mind. Like, was there? When did you get to that point? And because you've been doing this for a minute, I don't think about myself in those sorts of terms. I just think about it in like, what do I enjoy the most? And then how do I do more of that? And then sort of everything takes care of itself. Like I, like literally I, when I was in high school, I won best broadcaster in the country for high school. And I didn't think that I was that good of a broadcaster. You know, I just enjoyed doing it. And that's why I continue to do it. Um, and like you, Hoops Nation, I hit like half a million uh, followers at like age 15 or 16. I didn't think that I was that good at it. I just enjoyed doing it. And I think it was great too, because like everything in retrospect went perfect. Like I was super bullied for having started these like sports accounts and media pages when I was still in school. And like, when I told people I wasn't going to college, like people are like, oh, he's gonna be, you know, broke and homeless in two years, you know, whatever it is. People you know, so say I, that because you started a, a clipping NBA highlights? No, 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 it wasn't. I mean, it's not- How like, did they not see it? Well, th things were different back then. Um, a and B, going to college was like, oh, you have to do this type thing. And I just sort of skipped caring about school. Not that that's a good thing by any means, but I wasn't a good student. But I, I was pa I'm only good at what I'm passionate about. Um, so if I'm not passionate about something, I'm going to suck at it. And if I'm not passionate about it, I'm going to be a little bit better at it. Um, and be a lot better at it over a long period of time. But, you know, I think, uh, yeah, pe people people didn't see it. People didn't see it. But they're not supposed to. If, if everybody saw it, you know, then it wouldn't it wouldn't be worth achieving. I asked another you, line. Put that next I, to the Blake Jameson line. If everybody saw it, it wouldn't be worth achieving. I asked you in 2020 when we first had you on the show, what do you see yourself in 10 years? And you replied in 2030. <laughs> Dude, now, if I ask you that, you can't have the same reply because you're a math guy. I'm not. I'm actually not a math guy, but that's funny. <laughs> no, you said because it was the way it was the way he asked it. It says, "Tell me what ten years from now looks like," and you said, "2030." Yeah, I mean, it was, it was deadpan. It was amazing. <laughs> but now I can't say that. I've been waiting for this moment. I, just, um, I, I can't say 2030 because it'll be 2032. Exactly. That's why. That's it. You can't give the same answer. Um, what do you hope to accomplish over those next 10? I think was what he's trying to ask. You know, I, I hope to make a lot of people happy, um, entertained, uh, make a lot of people a lot of money, hopefully. Um, and not saying that that has anything to do with the NFT project, but, um, you know, and just whatever I do, whatever business I'm involved in, 
I want to have an impact, you know, that is beneficial. I don't want to waste anybody's time. And uh, yeah, just try to be as efficient, effective as possible and, you know, stay healthy. That's probably number one. But yeah. So you have, you have a lot of talents, but, but one thing I, I really see in you is you're able to pull in mentorship. And I think a, a part of that is like, from, from what I've seen is you're very coachable. Like a lot of the people that are around you, I feel like one, you're willing to learn from them. And if you kind of look at your network to your mentor circle, you know, we say like you are who your friends are. I mean, your mentor circle is, is legit is it's as good as it gets. And I think, I'm curious. I mean, if you have a take on how you've been able to build that, whether that's unconsciously or sub or you're on purpose, but like, I, I think it's because of how coachable you are and how willing you are to learn. Yeah. I think in that, uh, you know, example in business, in anything, the best relationship is a symbiotic one. Um, so if you can be of value to them in any way, shape or form that they can't do already on their own, then it's going to be organic. The reason why I love doing collectibles videos of other people's cards is because they get free marketing for their card and I get content that I can monetize of something that I didn't even have to buy. And it's that symbiosis that makes it so perfect where everybody feel, both parties feel like they're getting a steal on, you know, they're, they're very happy with their side of the trade, um, you know, and no money was exchanged. So I think, you know, for like mentorship for, for younger folks or older folks or friends or whomever it is that is, is sort of looking for that. I, I also think the concept of like mentorship is so like ridiculous. It's not like a, it's not a job. Um, it's like a made up concept. I think it's just having good friends that you are interested in. And that's what that means. Like, I don't consider you know, myself a mentor to anybody younger. I'm just a friend. Um, and, you know, friends help out friends because you like them. And it's uh, not BS. He's not just blowing smoke. I, I'm looking to buy a Lincoln thing. I message Buster and he's like, okay, for that kind of money, you should be looking for this, this, and this. You should be getting a full piece, not this. You know, you should, a good one though. You got to really, you bought so, that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, with your with your with your advice and, and help, he really does it. I mean, he speaks it. So, Buster, if I'm allowed, um, and I am because it's my show, not yours, um, and I have the microphone, and you will listen to every word I have to say. Yeah, okay, you're the talent, man. Other than the intros, people people come for me <laughs> and they stay for you. No, not true. They're staying for for people like Buster. But here's the here's the the question I have. While our audience is is diverse and vast and you know people do nfts people do you know collect different things the vast majority of people who are out there are people who are in the hobby they are sports car collectors which you count yourself a, a member of right mm -hmm. and um yeah. you know most of them not all but most of them are people who got in to items that we would call middle of the road items call you know buying from the last year and there's one thing i know about you and it's not to shit on people it's you're honest Right. And we had we've had enough guests on here like Dave Kohler, who's who's I, I were able to tap into who own SCP auctions. He's been 40 years and he could tell people, don't worry, the hobby has ups and downs. And there's enough people who have said that. Right. And and it's great for people to hear. But do you agree with that? Like, I, I know you're never going to blow smoke up somebody's ass. So what would you tell somebody if it was a friend, someone who had access to you and sent you a DM and said, hey, by the way, here's what I bought over the last year. And it's a bunch of, you know, low-end, middle-road prospect, baseball, basketball, football, you know, not the top-flight guys, definitely not museum-quality stuff. And they're asking you point-blank, should I just liquidate all this stuff? Or do you think I should be holding this? Do you think I should sell, get whatever I can, and put it into something else? And then what is that something else? I put you on the spot. because so here, Here's the picture that I'll paint. And it is that of picture, um, like a stock chart or um, – like a crypto chart, the the support level mm -hmm. is the PC collectors and the people who are in it for the love of the game. And it will never drop below that level until those people are dead. Right. Everything else is the flippers. And that depends on the content and of what it like the what the card is. The super high end stuff, like I said earlier, amazing. 
the rest is just pure speculation and gambling. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm sort of in a unique position where I don't have anything to sell. Um, I don't sell my collectibles really. Um, I definitely, uh, you know, I don't have an auction house or anything like that. Um, Yet. <laughs> yeah, one day. <laughs> no, that's something that I thought about. It would be a lot of fun. One day, one day. Because <laughs> like what Buster said, the floor is the price, right? So we'll use two cards. Cage and I talked about them the other day. The Jordan Fleer PSA 10, that card went, you know, 40 to 700 But, you know, but it's a $200,000, $250,000 card, right? So that two fifty to seven hundred was the flip. But you use the Zion Base Prism, which that card is now a $30 card. That card because there is no collector base for Zion base is now half the price. It was before this whole thing started. Yeah, that, that's, a bit, that's a bit of a complex example too, just because of the overprinting, like at that point that like then was further down. But um, yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's definitely a unique one, but I totally agree. I think, I think the point, the point stands. Cage, any final questions, final words? Buster. Oh, big thank you. Guys, if you weren't watching this on YouTube, at least take a look at this shot of me opening up the utility mic package that I got here. Um, I'm like a kid on Christmas morning, even though I don't know what it is. And even though, you know, I was not hoping for pennies from Germany, I'm going to go look them up now and figure out what the hell it is. And it's part of the fun of this. Um, and it's one of those things where, like, before you crap on NFTs and, and that space, you know, there are people doing it differently. And, you know, I think it's because of stuff like that, that, you know, the, it's, it's a space that I think is, is, is here to stay. Um, and, uh, you know, I appreciate you. Thank you very much for that. Darren, you cannot have your utility mic because look at the utility it provides for me. I'm sorry. You can't have it. Um, now, maybe I'm You're going to be there? Of course I'll be there. I'll be there prob probably at, at least half the week. At least half the week. Probably the whole week. Well, we can't get him to tell us what he's buying because he wants to buy more. We can't get him to admit that people should probably sell most of the stuff they bought in the last couple of years. What? Oh, no, what else? I, feel like <laughs> I said that. I feel like I said that. I, but I, I gave context as to why. Yep. Um, and, you know, just it's all about understanding. You know, you should never put in more than you're willing to lose, um, you know, and judge it based on those support levels of, of you know, that's so listen, you are Mr. Cool. You're a cool hand buster over here. You, nothing's phasing you. Look at the whole, you spent an hour with us. You basically have not shown any emotion at all, but I'm going to see if I can get you to blush. No I got, emotion? I got a comment. You ready? No you, way. No, you, know what, you know what Tim Grover says about emotions, Cage? It gets in the way. Winning said, won't make you emotionless, but it'll make you use your emotions less. I like that. So I just mean there's no, you're a metronome, man. Nothing's gonna get you too high. Nothing's gonna get you too low. You just you just go, you which is go. you know what you know what's to credit for that, by the way. Being born in October. No, born in August, but no days offsies. So here's your no days offsies. It'll tie to that, right? Mm -hmm. I'm gonna make you blush. Watch his cheeks, folks. I got a comment when I told people that Buster was coming on, and the comment that I got by DM was, "Come on, he's doing no days offsies. He's got to look better." I haven't seen a shirtless trick basketball shot in a while. Tell him to take his shirt off and make a trick shot for me. I'm telling you. That's, that's an excellent comment, and they're coming. That's out in Connecticut where my family is. I didn't go out there in the winter. There you go. This is what this you gotta give out, the people what they want. Person, out this person. Is no, this no, no, I can't. I can't say it is it is a female. It is definitely a female. And so Buster, Buster is taken. I did. I was my response. Buster is taken. But yeah, people's sister. Hit you up yourself. She doesn't <laughs> let anyone do her dirty work for her. She's a Goldberg. Come on now. That's it. Buster, listen, we appreciate having you on. Thank you for this. Oh. I can't wait for the next one, although this is plenty. Um, and we'd love to have you back on. Anything you're doing, anything you're promoting, I'll I'll send Blake a thank you for all the stuff on that as well. And, you know, dude, you're doing it the right way. And mm -hmm. anybody who's not following Buster, I mean, I know you guys follow. I have 2,626 followers. Buster Soup Nation has a million. But I'll get there one day. 2,000. I believe it. 620 like 15. What does no days off season tail? Is it just exercise or is, do you have like a little power list of this? No, is what You know, the, the core concept is that you get physical movement every day. So I can include, you know, all ages. 
um, you know, that, that, that's what it is. It's physical movement every day, whether it's, you know, just a walk or something that's, that's at its core what it is, but you know, that's what it started as and what it sort of is now is just, you give it your all in everything that you do and you don't take the days off that you shouldn't. Yeah, started true. the national diet buster with my Luca nation fit family. It's one of our IG groups. I was 200, yeah. 294.2 pounds on April 24th. This morning I was 262. I've lost 32 pounds in five That's weeks. Awesome, man. I'm going to continue it to all the way to the national. So we're doing good, man. And your story inspired others too, Cage. Like it's not just you. That's the beauty of it, right? Like no days off season. There's a community because there's other people that want to do it. And I think that that little bit of accountability Buster's doing it. We're in the same community. I think you have a discord about it. Like I said, I'm going to do it. So holding each other accountable. We're over an hour. Dude, I hope you have an amazing weekend. I'd love to kind of, I mean, I hope we have you on in next year and next year and next year and next year and just watch your, your growth as a businessman, as a person. I've seen it in the two years. I hate that there's a crease in that, by the way. But well, it, came, it was in the package. I'll flatten it. I'll flatten you it. You put it under a book. They graded the friends. They will grade that as authentic. I'll put it in a book. It'll be fun. I can get your autograph. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's all right. I'll find you. It's not about that. It's about, the, it's about the sketch. My goal is to make that the most valuable thing in the pack. Ooh. The there you go. That's the goal. All right. Thank you, guys. I have to come on anytime. Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Lucas Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um, do us a favor and like, subscribe. Now ah, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.